Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the NRL show, season two, episode 13. My name is Dan Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business um, tonight. It's just me and you, Tash, as we get to dig into all things rugby league. So, uh, look, let's dive into it. We obviously went through our DMs. We had a look at our listener questions for the week. It's always difficult to choose only one. Um, but the question we've landed on was, uh, who is the best center? in the game at the moment. Um, Tash, plenty to choose from, but, uh, yeah, first player that comes to mind. Yeah, Dan, look, there's plenty to choose from, but I've got to make mention that there's a few fullbacks going around that make awesome centres, like in the New South Wales team. So I can't go past saying Turbo and um, Latrell, but my choice is the Sydney Roosters' Joey Manu. I think he's an incredible NRL star and he just seems to fit into every position that um, Trent Robinson tries him in. Like he's played fullback, halfback, but mostly he's played centres, so that's why I've chosen him. And last year he scored 10 tries, uh, you know, seven try assists, 12 line breaks. It was 141 metres per game, 92 tackle breaks in the whole year. So, I know he copped a hard knock from one of his good mates, but, um, yeah, even more so, I'm choosing Joey Manu. Yeah, look, and it's an embarrassment of riches there uh, on Bondi because, you know, he's often a player that doesn't really get spoken about, Tash, so it's good to sort of call him out. And you, you often think, you know, I wonder how big of a profile Joey would have if he was eligible to play in origin, you know, as a New Zealand player, we've gone through COVID as a Kiwi. He really hasn't been able to represent uh, his country. So, yeah, a little bit of a forgotten man, but uh, I don't think Trent Robinson uh, forgets him too much. What a, what an absolute star. Yeah, Tash, I, you know, it's funny you should say that about the fullbacks because that, um, that was my kind of thought on this one as well, that there are just so many talented representative centres who are playing fullback at club level. So when you really look at it, it's really interesting to see who is the best club um, centre out there. A um, bit of a shout-out to Katoni Staggs for the Brisbane Broncos. The production's not quite there because he spent a lot of time on the sideline. But if you ask me this question again in six months, possibly 12 months' time, I think he'd be really pushing for that spot. But at the moment, look, I've, I can't go past Justin Ollum. Um, you know, obviously a fascinating player who, you know, is just a – I guess he epitomises the Melbourne Storm system. You know, he's really sort of came in and, and really developed his game in and around his defence. He sort of came in, Steve Maddai, and – was kind of jamming players on the edge there. But over time, he just added more and more elements to his game. So he's actually quite silky um, when it comes to attack and, yeah, a really big part of the Melbourne Storm system. So, yeah, Joey and Justin there as as key centres. But we'd like to hear from you, listeners. Uh, Who is your favourite? Who is your number one centre in the game right now? All right, guys, well, let's jump into our first segment for tonight, All Ball. Every franchise has had tons of great players and legendary personalities, but who stands out above the rest? Here's Cameron Smith, this outstanding leader. Thurston, he hits it, he's yes! got it! He's got the field goal! Andrew Job, inside for Elba. You just knew something special was going to happen. 
Yeah, we love this. All ball player in focus segment. And uh, we continue with our legend series. And this week we are tackling none other than the great Brad Fittler. Tash, you know, don't you get a bit of a sense in rugby league that there's just so many characters with a lot of sense of humor and, you know, they sort of, I, I guess, play the fool a little bit as they sort of retire and move into media. But I guess one of the things we're going to focus in on tonight is just how great of a player Brad Fittler was because whilst he likes to have a bit of a joke and a bit of a laugh, Tash, he was some sort of footballer. Oh, he was incredible. And, like, let's wind it back. He was, you know, only 17 years of age when he made his NRL debut. And it was, I mean, yes, he made the Australian schoolboys and he was just, like, outstanding. But... He was still in high school when he debuted um, for the NRL. Now, it was late in that year. um, I think it was round 21 back in 1989. He's only 17. Um, And just proof of how spectacular he was, even though he only played a few rounds, like it's, it's as late as round 21, he then the following year got picked up for New South Wales State of Origin as an 18-year-old. So he's only played the back end of 89 as a 17-year-old and then just the first part of um, 1990 and they've gone, yep, mate, you're you're a blues. You're a New South Wales blues. Like, wow. It's just incredible. Like you said, to be able to sort of, um, you know, deliver at that sort of age. I mean, at 17, I don't think I could change a tire or reverse park a car and Brad <laughs> Fittler's yeah, well, Brad Fittler's out there. He's, uh, he's snapping blokes in defense and dominating. Uh, it's just incredible. But, uh, you know, Tash, I, I think, you know, you think about the modern day game, Nathan Cleary, you know, he really has, got so much praise in terms of really rebuilding that franchise. You know, he's going to probably play out his career. You know, Brad Fittler was Nathan Cleary before Nathan Cleary. He was the complete player. Um, And I think a lot of people forget about his years there at Penrith. So 119 games. And, I mean, there's so much to talk about in terms of Freddie's game. But, Tash, one of the things that a lot of the greats have spoken about in terms of how he really popped off the screen was that left step. He was just so dangerous in terms of a ball runner. You know, a, a lot of people have spoken about Freddie that, you know, he could, he could have probably played back row. He was that dominant as a ball runner. And then over time, we'll talk more about his playmaking. But, yeah, incredible that a guy that would go on to be one of the, the greatest halves in our game was, yeah, just so effective in, in, in his running game. Yeah, absolutely. You know, such a strike power, and in and we probably will talk about it in in many positions. And you said about you know like there's many uh, well celebrated people, and you know none other than or none better than Cam Smith. You know he achieved so much, but I love the fact that we're digging back into you know Brad Fittler and and what he did. You know over sixteen seasons such a young age and, you know, over over quite a number of positions. I think he found his feet in the halves the most, but he was devastating in the centres. He was devastating um, at lock. Yeah, it, it's pretty incredible. And, Tash, we all know there's levels to this game of rugby league. So, great, you, came, you come in and you make your debut at first grade and then you sort of, you know, build your way into the system then suddenly you start to dominate at the first grade level. And then, Tash, you can't talk about Brad Fittler without talking about representative football. I mean, it brings a tear to the eye to think about that golden era that he sort of came through. Talk to us a little bit about Freddie, F- Freddie Fittler 
and your memories of him, I guess, yeah, at, at that representative level, both for state and country. Absolutely. Like it's outstanding that he made his NRL debut at age 17 in 89 and then um, and late in 89. Then he's picked up for the New South Wales Blues um, midway through the 1990 uh, season as just uh, an 18-year-old. Like that's amazing in itself. But fast forward another year and guess what, Dan? He's, <laughs> he's playing an Australian test. It's like, incredible. That's incredible. phenomenal. That, those steps to happen so quickly, so young, just shows what an impact Brad Fittler had on our great game. It's and, and and you've you know obviously he's very well known for his confidence and he's a people person and he's a leader, but just his his ability during those early years to step into an environment and go you know not only am I just going to be a guy am I just going to participate but I'm really going to take this game uh, by the scruff of the throat and and really really try and dominate it. And Fittler was uh, was certainly incredible. Uh, Tash, you know, obviously if things had gone a little bit different, Freddie spends the rest of his career at Penrith. And not that he isn't a legend there, there at Penrith, but, you know, you just wonder what if. But, you know, Tash, you can't criticise him for, for making the, the, the transition and, and taking the step over to the Sydney Roosters because I guess it opens up a whole another chapter of his career. And, Tashi's almost got two Hall of Fame careers here, you know, one at Penrith and one at the Sydney Roosters. Again, talk to us about your memories in terms of Freddie moving over the Sydney Roosters because this is something we've spoken about at Mojo. You know, players move around in, in rugby league, but the great players, very, very rare that they change clubs. Freddie makes the move to Bondi and probably one of the best best moves he's ever made. I agree. Um, it was a great move. Um, my mum's a mad Roosters supporter. So she just loved Freddie when he came over to the Roosters. Um, you know, in his in his time at the Roosters, I think it was a very, very good move. Um, he was always going to be, you know, breaking records, whatever club he was at. But I think he it was a smart decision. And I think his manager or back in those days, it was quite, I know my dad was my brother's managers, uh, sorry, both my brother's manager and, look, wise decision because um, he ended up with over 300 first-grade games. And if you look at it, in his 16 years, I think we've got his career at the top level, he actually played 426 first-class fixtures, if you add in the NRL, uh, the state games and the Australian test matches. And that's an average of this bloke playing 26 first-class games a year. And I don't remember a game where he didn't produce. So that consistency is absolutely outstanding. Yeah, it's, it, it's, so, it's so impressive. And, uh, and you know, Tash, he, he gets the premiership as well. You know, that's something that a lot of players are defined by in terms of, you know, whether they're able to get over the hump and to sort of see him, I guess, finish his, uh, finish his career at the very, very top. It, you know, it's uh, what, what can you say? It, it was, it was more than well-deserved for, for Freddie. Absolutely. And, and the fact now that he's, you know, so recognised um, as a coach, I know we, we think maybe he's a nutty professor or, you know, those sort of things. Look, He's so well-respected and he's still got so much to offer the game and I love to see him giving it back. 
Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Uh, look, you know, we don't have uh, enough. To, we could speak for hours upon hours and um, really dig into his career, which we'll continue to do in the future. But, um, yeah, an absolute legend, absolutely on the playing field. And then Tash, then he steps into coaching. And I guess, you know, you look at some of the current players in the game and you kind of think, yeah, you know, you could be a potential coach. I mean, the players in and around Freddie probably could have told us that he had the leadership and he had the ability to do it. But you just see this larrikin, you know, this guy who could probably have quite easily gone and retired and sat on the beach for the rest of his life. But he just loves rugby league so much. And, um, yeah, we're about to get into it. But, you know, his coaching career is, you know, especially at the representative level, which we'll talk about, it's nearly as impressive as his playing career. Absolutely. And before we talk about him as a coach, um, Phil Gould came out and said, you know, Freddie should be, you know, in that immortal status. And it wouldn't surprise me if he's he, he's not, you know, one of the next immortals that are selected. Um, I agree with Gus and I'm sure all our listeners would as well. Yeah, look, they, they just, those types of players don't grow on trees. You know, you see these skilled playmakers coming through the game year in, year out. But, you know, there was just something different about Freddie. He was the complete player. He could fold blokes in defense defensively. That was probably one of the strongest part of his games. We've spoken about his running. I mean, his running was absolutely beautiful. And then Tash, as he slowed down in the back end of his career, when he didn't quite have that pace or that physicality to beat players one-on-one, he then just, I guess, unveiled this whole different component of his game where he had the sleight of hand and his ball playing and, yeah, suddenly goes down as one of the best, um, you know, ball players we've ever seen. And his kicking game was fantastic. But I guess, Tash, yeah, let's dive into that coaching career because I guess that the common thread between his playing career and his coaching career is his leadership skills, the ability for people to believe in Freddie and and just just follow him into, follow him into battle. Yeah. I mean, like, you've got a coach that's so well-respected as a player. And I know there's a lot of very, very successful coaches that necessarily didn't have the, you know, the spectacular career that Freddie has. But I think he's just got that chemistry. Um, I haven't heard a player say that they don't they don't get Freddie. They, they know he's a bit different, but they're willing to to follow him. And that's what a great leader is. Like he led the teams out on the field and he's got the players wanting to follow him. And that's, that's a good leader. Yeah. And, you know, he, he obviously went into the Roosters side of coaching really, really quickly. And, you know, that, that was pretty brutal, um, you know, in terms of his experience there, probably reflecting on that, he probably, you know, doesn't regret that opportunity because you learn so much through that experience. But I guess it all sort of bottles up to this opportunity to take hold of the New South Wales origin team. And and Tash, you know, one of the things that he probably doesn't get enough credit for is he didn't just sort of slide into the job once that New South Wales origin team was built and defeat Queensland once they kind of weakened. You know, Freddie put in the hard yards with 14, 15, 16-year-olds. He really invested years and years into the pathway system as a coach there and then followed them all the way through. So I just think it's it's almost like a fairy tale that he was able to sort of coach these younger players at that state of origin level after bringing them through as juniors. It was it was pretty special. And now suddenly, you know, the, the, the Queensland dynasty, thank God, is something of the past. And, you know, Freddie, he's, he's built something really special here. Yeah, Dan, we talk about the pathways for success and we talk mostly about players. But Freddie 
really followed the, the pathways in his coaching career as well. Um, many brilliant players can't be great coaches. And so you've got to get there down to the grassroots level. Um, and that's what Freddie did. And that's why he's just got that magic touch now. It's it's pretty it's pretty incredible. Um, so obviously turns things around at state of origin level. And I guess, Tash, you just sit back at this point in his life and, you know, and, and obviously that's that's not even talking about his experience with Lebanon, you know, at the World Cup where I really feel like that really lit a fire back under Freddie in terms of that coaching. You know, he went through the challenges at the Roosters. He then coached Lebanon and, you know, brought in his, you know, I guess a different different sort of approach to coaching. And um, I guess we're just so lucky. But Freddie, he's untouchable at the moment, one of the best coaches in the game. Um, Tash, I, I guess just in, in, in one word or less or, or kind of your overarching thoughts, what, what makes Freddie such a great coach at this point in time? I think it's just something that's innate in him. He's He sees a game, you know, like... Yeah, there's a handful of people that do see the game that way. But he also uh, has proven himself as a player and how he can play the other players like a chessboard and, and, you know, create the gaps. But he can also relate well to the players. And if we look at the, you know, great successful um, coaches, they are the people coaches. They are the player coaches. You know, you have your assistant coaches mostly that'll go, you know, with the whiteboard and the video and, you know, they'll say, look, you know, you you move too far left here or you're sliding off the line and, you know, um, but he actually doesn't do that sort of stuff. He looks at the individual person and brings out the best. Same as, you know, I don't know, name a great coach. And I'll tell you, he's a people coach as well. Yeah, that's right. And Tasha, I think you're reading off my mind. I was, I was going to say the same thing. You know, it's not the X's and O's with Freddie, which is scary because that's going to come. You know, he, he has got a long, long future uh, as a coach and, and that's going to improve. And you're already seeing that with the state of origin, his ability to kind of work with Latrell and Tommy Travojevic. It's pretty special in terms of that. But you're right, it, it's, it's his ability to relate to people. And Tash, I just think how could you possibly – how could you possibly let this guy down? You know, ultimately I think that's the biggest difference is he's built up so much respect that as a player, there'd just be so much pressure going into those games to think, you know what, I do not want to let Freddie down. I'm going to give it my absolute best. You know, might make an error or two, but at least I'm going to give it my absolute best. So look, I don't think we're going to see too many players that aren't playing with effort under the coaching of Brad Fittler. Um, And again, let's celebrate his playing career, a true legend of the game. That immortal discussion is going to continue and let's just say, I think there's going to be a few advocates in that in that war room uh, as we debate, should Brad Fittler be one of the next immortals? All right, let's jump into our next segment for tonight, the match. The most anticipated match in history, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Yeah, and this week on the match, well, we're talking about two all-time greats uh, for the Penrith Panthers. Tash, you know, you sort of you get so caught up in thinking, you know, and, and the Panthers have struggled for quite a number of years. They've suddenly got all of this success, and we're anticipating a decade worth of dominance there in Western Sydney. But there was a little golden period there for the Penrith Panthers, and uh, yeah, I guess it's a good opportunity to talk about some of those legends coming through that era. And that is the great Ryan Girdler um, coming up tonight against Reese Wesser. Um, Tash, let's start with Reese Wesser because. Um, 
it's interesting. Sometimes it's a little bit of luck of the draw in terms of when you have your playing career. Um, Reese Wesser came through um, during a time where there were just some generational talents probably in his position at that representative level. Tash, if he if he's if he probably comes through at a different time, whether it's five or ten years earlier, he probably has a very long representative career. But um, yeah, let's take it all the way back and talk a little bit about Reese Wesser because man, was he dynamic from the back there for Penrith? Yeah, like we're talking, I can't believe it's 2022 already, Dan, but like it's two decades since um, Reese, you know, his breakout year, I believe, was 2002. Um, you know, he scored a Penrith Club record. He's a try scoring freak, just to start with. His acceleration and line breaking ability is incredible. I think he had the the nickname Reese Lightning, and I really like that. <laughs> um, you know, and then that's in his breakout year, and then the following year he bettered his own record. Um, I think he scored 25 times. Um, it's, it's You know, he still holds the Panthers' try-scoring record with 113 tries, if my stats are correct. Incredible. Absolutely incredible, Tash. And I, I guess, you know, when you're playing football and, you know, you think about that time where they just come out of nowhere and they went, they, they're one of the first teams to go from last to first. And it was players like Reese Wesser that were part of the turnaround because suddenly you've got this player that, you know, started the season incredibly and he just got better and better and better. Now, you know, you obviously can't compare him to a Tom Travojevic type season, but Tasha, that was our equivalent back then. It was basically, hey, let's get the football to Reese Wesser. He's going to score two tries, and that, you know, and, and that puts us ahead. So, um, no, look, he, he was he was definitely a pretty special player. And Tash, again, he, I, I cannot stress this enough, coming through a generation where representative football was stacked play, stacked with absolute superstars, Tashi still managed to get a few games in there for Queensland. And, and again, that's an outstanding achievement in itself. Yeah, it certainly is. And such a, at a, well, it still is very competitive time. Like anytime you can pull on a state of origin jersey, like you've, you, you've really made it. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right, Tash, let's talk about his competitor tonight and uh, former teammate in Ryan Girdler. Tash, it was, you know, again, you don't like to talk about the, the old days as if they don't exist now in terms of centres, but you really do feel like Ryan came through um, a golden generation of centres. You know, you you had the the Gazniers, you had Ryan Girdler, and it was just a, it was the way in which the game was played where having a strike centre was just so important. Um, and, you know, we're definitely going to get to that, to his, uh, to his goal kicking as well, because he was absolutely automatic when it came to that. But yeah, talk to us about your memories with Ryan Girdler. He did a few special things uh, during his own rep career, which we'll talk about, but um, yeah, a, a complete player for Penrith. Yeah. We, we were talking about representative football and um, he played state of origin as well. And he actually holds the record for the most tries and most goals in the match. Um you're reading my notes as well. I think like he's gifted so much with his goal kicking ability is absolutely amazing. But if we wind it right back, he actually, he's one of Penrith's favorite sons, but he actually started out with the Illawarra Steelers. Incredible. And he, he like gained a great reputation, um, you know, with them as left center, um, and, and he was a really confident defender and, you know, such a goal kicker that no wonder Penrith 
snapped him up pretty quickly. Yeah, no, he um, he was very, very impressive and certainly, um, you know, just came through a, a golden era there for the New South Wales Blues. I think there were periods there, um, you know, during Ryan's career where, you know, the Blues were really putting the sword to Queensland and, uh, yeah, he was just automatic with his goal kicking. And Tash, it was probably around the times where, you know, goal kicking, you know, was just starting to really transition. You know, obviously you had Daryl Halligan, you know, come through before Ryan Girdler. But, you know, after Ryan, you had Hazemel Masri. Andrew Johns really cleaned up his goal kicking. It really got to the point where kicking from the sideline was no longer a 50-50 thing. You know, you really had to get those two points every time. And, yeah, that that's what, you know, it was a big part of Ryan's, um, Ryan's career. Yeah, Dan, and... It is today. Like when you think how hard you work to cross that line for four points and how important it is on just one player to convert that try, it's an extra two points. And that we're seeing so often that's the difference, you know, uh, win or lose. So goal kicking is certainly so very, very important. Um, we see in the girls, they're kicking them from the sidelines. So it's that expectation. But the way Ryan Girdler did it, he was just, he was outstanding at the time. Um, we talk about his records, but he also holds the record for the most goals and points in a game for Australia. So he did it at every single level. He's just, uh, you know, a legend. Yeah, absolute legend. And Tash, um, you know, you, you talk about his on-field production. Let's talk about off the field for Ryan Girdler. And, you know, most times we say that in rugby league, we you know, it is, you wait with bated breath. But, you know, it, it wasn't like that for Ryan, an absolute gentleman off the field, um, a true cut club legend. And, again, we keep talking about this leadership as a bit of a common thread for these legend players. You know, Ryan, he was he was a larrikin. Um, he was a great locker room guy. Um, but when it was time to switch on, he really did that. He was really well respected. He's an, he's an absolute Penrith Panthers legend. So, uh, yeah, Ryan Girdler, Reese Wesser, two all-time legends. Tash, we do not make these matches easy, but we cannot sit on the fence. What I would say is good luck, my friend, uh, picking between these two. But uh, Reese Wesser, Ryan Girdler, both probably at their prime are probably as good as each other. What's your thoughts? Dan, we talk about the Larrikins, and I've just got such a soft spot. Like <laughs> I love the show we did with Artie Beetson, and it's their off-field stuff, and even, you know, Freddie that we spoke about a few minutes ago, he's a bit of a larrikin. And I think, you know, they, they, they're right. They pull on the hat when they need to pull on the hat and they, they focus and get the job at hand done. So look, if we go back a few shows, I think I picked Ryan Girdler as my favorite Panthers player. That was a few weeks ago. So it's probably no surprise that I'm going to go with Girdler this time. Yeah, look, I'm going to go with Ryan as well. Probably just had a little bit more, um, yeah, a little bit more production um, at the representative level. Not, not, not too much, um, but um, yeah, it was was certainly impressive. Um, yeah, both him and him and Reese having an outstanding career. But uh, yeah, I'm going to have, kind of have to go with uh, Ryan as well. All right, let's jump into our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is sitting in closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. Yeah, and this week on Rapid Fire, the Legend Series continues. And the question we've got is, who is our favorite retired Titans player. Uh, Tash, again, it's a relatively new franchise. I mean, there's been different iterations of Gold Coast franchises um, over the years. But, um, yeah, thoughts on this one? 
I'm going with Preston Campbell because he he's officially one of the inaugural Titans players and he's definitely one of my favourites. Um, he was such a great player on the field. But, you know, what he's done off the field, and I'm talking about his Indigenous work, is absolutely outstanding. He's, he's something I'm really passionate about, the All-Stars game, and he was the driving force behind the Indigenous concept, and his legacy will live on because, hey, the man of the match or the player of the match being named after him, the Pres- uh, Preston Campbell medal, you know, he's my favourite. Yeah, he's going to go down in history for, you know, a lot of the things, in, including his influence off the field. And Tash, I just, when I think about Presto, I think he kind of had the rules changed as well because there just came a point where everyone was like, we cannot lose the next generation of Preston Campbells, literally with Jade and his son playing in the competition at the moment. But, yeah. you know, if, if we just keep these unlimited interchanges and keep freshening up these big forwards, we're just going to totally eliminate the smaller player in the game of rugby league. So I just feel like Preston had such a massive impact on the game because each and every year we've seen people sort of pick away at that interchange to try and reduce it, reduce it, bring more fatigue into the game, Tash, so that, you know, uh, I guess the smaller players can continue to play the game we love, which is great for junior rugby league. And, and Tash, now he's, now his son's playing football. Yeah, look, it's no secret that, you know, I love the last, uh, you know, five, seven minutes leading into halftime. And then I love the last 10 minutes of the game simply because then, you know, you're going to get, a little bit of fatigue into the players. And I'm with you, Dan, like reduce the amount of interchange, let the fatigue come in. It's all that hard work that they've done. And then you get these outstanding strike players that have been able to pick it apart. And um, Preston Campbell was one of those. So, yeah, yeah, I love it. No, they might miss a couple of tackles here or there, you know, during the start of the game when everyone's fresh. But, uh, look, you do not want to be trying to tackle Preston or Jaden Campbell towards the back end of a football game or half. They were absolutely... Uh, dynamic look for me look, look it's hard to even uh, put up a contest against the great Preston Campbell but one player I did want to mention was Matt Rogers um, starting up any franchise as the, as the Redcliffe well uh, even the Redcliffe anymore the Dolphins I should say are going to find out is really really difficult because you need to get that one star player you really need to get a guy who is going to bring the fans to uh to the sport and for me that was matt rogers uh for the gold coast titans you know presto scott prince luke bailey there were there were a lot of big signings in and around that inaugural side but i feel like matt rogers he was this this star player that got away you know obviously had a remarkable career at the cronulla sharks went over and dominated in rugby union for the Wallabies. And, um, yeah, his ability to come back, he played some really, really good football um, in those first couple of years. Probably aged out of the sport, but um, I think he's entitled to that. He had a very, very long career in both codes as a dual international. So, yeah, Matt Rogers for me. All right, Tash, well, look, uh, thank you as always. Uh, Always great to chat rugby league. I could talk all night about our beloved NRL. To our listeners, uh, thank you for tuning in and supporting the NRL show. Two episodes each and every week uh, during the NRL season. We're really excited to bring it uh, to you. Thank you for your support. Continue to download the podcast, share with family and friends, and until next time, I'll catch you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. 
The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.